And if you're making last-minute dinner plans, you may have a hard time getting in some of the titties in some, in some of the city's top spots. Joining me now, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, who's the host of, Fuck of Huckabee, right here on the Fox News Channel. He's also a former Republican presidential candidate. I believe in only two things completely, the First Amendment and boobs. And so once they made the decision... What did you just say? You yeah. believe in the First Amendment and BWBS? Boobs. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and boobs. Check this out. It's a very curious beaver. <laughs> beaver <laughs> breeding. Those little guys are cute and cuddly looking. And the beavers I've seen are bigger. And uh, not. Yeah, and, and they don't look as friendly. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I've seen my beavers in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Hey, what's happening? Welcome back to more of the same. Super Bowl weekend's just uh, days away now. I will be watching it alone, like I always like to. No more of these damn Super Bowl parties for me. Just give me the game in solitude. A dozen chicken wings, a couple of beers, I'll be in heaven. And the Oscar nominations were announced yesterday. This is how checked out people are now. People used to set their alarms for like 5.15 to catch the announcements. Yesterday, it was on a YouTube live stream and only had 70,000 people watching. <laughs> if you think the Oscars are hard to watch, try watching the announcements. It's mind-numbing. You know, just get up, take a shower. The list will be published online in about 30 minutes. It'll be ready before you have your first cup of coffee. And the people always like to talk about who got snubbed. Hey, look, someone's got to be left out. This year it was DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, and Bradley Cooper. And I remember it. The people always get outraged by that shit. But looking back on it, I realized just how foolish that was. I mean, these people don't give a shit about me and my work. Why should I give a shit about them? <laughs> no Oscar nod, but you cashed a $15 million check to star in the movie. Boo fucking who? So you don't get the chance to walk down the red carpet in a tuxedo or an embarrassing dress. They did you a favor. Now you don't have to sit through three and a half hours of that boring bullshit. One thing I was surprised at, no documentary nomination for The Rescue. But this animated documentary, Flea, knocked it out of the park. Not only was it nominated for Best Doc, also for Best International Film and Best Animated Feature. It's on Hulu, so I'm going to check it out. First movie to be nominated in three separate categories. I mean, that movie's begging to be seen. On the subject of movies, Jackass Forever hit theaters last Friday and made something around $23 million in its opening weekend. The damn thing got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it goes without saying that I've been a big fan of those movies. It's pure 100% stupidity. And sometimes, especially in times like this, it's just what the doctor ordered. I'll end up watching it with a friend of mine once the 
newness wears off, hit a matinee. So we're definitely not in a crowded theater. I remember when the first movie came out on DVD. I didn't even know they made a movie from this thing, right? There's the MTV show. I rented it, watched it, laughed almost the entire time. I told Katrina, you got to see this. So we watched it together. She laughed her ass off. Now, some of her, some of the stunts, they weren't her cup of tea. They do cross the line of crudeness. But the sheer balls on these guys is commendable. I'm all for highbrow cinema, Oscar films. But movies like this, I just find too hard to pass up. If I'm going into the theater guaranteed to laugh, I'm definitely going. Just set your expectations at one and go from there. Like I saw Ted in the theater with Dawn. We laughed almost the entire time. Lowbrow comedy? I'm in. And Washington finally announced the new name of their football team, the Commandos. I guess that makes sense. The team looks like it's been free-balling it for the last five years anyway. They suck. Wait, Commanders. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't hate it. Commanders. To be honest, they could have named themselves the Deadbeats, and I wouldn't hate it more than I hated the fact that they called themselves the Washington football team for the past couple years. That was just stupid. I think team names should sound dangerous, so you're threatened by them when you see them on your schedule. I mean, if you look at your upcoming schedule, and you see that you have to play the ass pounders on their home turf, it does kind of put the fear of God into you a little bit. Like, who would want to play against a team called the Washington Throat Slashers? I'd be like, fuck that, I think I've got COVID. This is why they were the Redskins all that time. The idea was that when you you went to play Washington, you were going to get scalped. I mean, this is a league with fierce team names. Seahawks, Rams, Eagles, Lions, Raiders, Panthers. Now the Commanders. Chuck wanted them to go with the founders. Now, that would, that would pay homage to Washington, D.C.'s history. But it doesn't instill fear in you, like something more cutthroat. I just wonder when the hammer is going to come down on the Chiefs and then the Atlanta Braves, because you know it's coming. But no PR nightmare is ever going to take the NFL down. Not this minority coaching lawsuit, nothing. I mean, the whole Kaepernick situation came and went. The NFL is still here, alive, doing very well. Some things just can't be torn down. Major League Baseball is on thin ice, so it wouldn't take much to bring that down. I don't know how they can still have the balls to call themselves America's pastime with a straight face. America's pastime is watching TikTok videos, and they know it. On last week's show, I was going to go out on a limb and say that I think California will not extend their indoor mask mandate past February 15th. On last week's show, I was going to say this, because Governor Newsom was spotted at the Rams game without a mask on, which is now the second time he's been caught doing the exact opposite of what he's telling us to do. And people were pissed. They were calling him out on it. So I thought he might do the right thing and say, all right, game over, go about your business. Cases are down, but I didn't want to jinx it, so I kept my mouth shut. So now we have to wait and see. 
You can lift that band all you like. But until I know the virus is under control and I'm around strangers, indoors, I'm not taking chances. It takes me 15 minutes to buy groceries. I can handle a mask for 15 minutes. They were calling out Mayor Garcetti, L.A.'s mayor. He was posing for pictures in the same box seats without a mask and people went nuts. And you know what he said? This dumbass. He said when he poses for pictures, he holds his breath so he won't catch COVID. Dumb fucker. And I mentioned TikTok. Did you guys see that Meta's stock price took a giant deuce? 32% drop last week. Users are leaving Facebook in droves. Zuckerberg even admitted that TikTok is killing them. People are starting to move away from oversharing their private lives. And I think it's a good thing. I don't know if that's true, but it looks like it is. You wait until two years from now, when the race for president starts heating up. People are going to be back on there, ruthless like never before. It's only going to get worse. I've got a friend on Instagram. It's a really kind person. But I sense she was starting to get a little political about eight months ago. Well, now her stories are on fire. She was taking baby steps. Now she's in a full sprint. It's almost always political. People are pissed off here. And they've got a right to be pissed, okay? As much as you might like the weather and your friends are here and we have such a great, you know, coastline and it's beautiful, it's been run into the ground. It's an expensive place to live. We're being taxed to death. Gas prices are awful. Governor tells us what to do, then does whatever he wants. I don't blame anybody for being outspoken. I just miss the simple stuff that people used to share. And I often wonder if life is ever going to be that simple again. Do you remember when Facebook and Twitter first came out? People were just talking about innocuous shit, like going to the bathroom or going grocery shopping. Now it's serious all the time. And I wonder if that's why I just have to stop taking life seriously. I spent a lot of my free time goofing off, watching senseless movies, golfing, riding my bike slower. Then I turn the mic on here and spew my mind-numbing bullshit for half an hour. (laughs) But getting back to this, the key part of the story was that Zuckerberg was blaming Apple for their losses. This Apple with this new OS for iPhone, they started giving iPhone users the option to restrict certain apps from sharing your data, which affects advertising for companies like Facebook and Google and Twitter and Instagram. I mean, we never had that option in the past. Now Apple is giving us that option. We got tired of being the product. So we've been enjoying a little bit of privacy. Sorry, Dick. This is why I won't use Google's Chrome browser. That thing spies on you every step you take. Even if you're not using Google as your search engine, it's phoning home nonstop unless you use a third-party extension that prevents it from doing that. But now, Google's saying it's no longer going to support third-party extensions. What does that tell you? Interesting stats that came out of this. Listen to this. Digital advertising accounts for 98% of Meta's revenue. Also counts for 81% of Alphabet's. That's Google. So of the five of, of the world's five biggest tech companies, which includes Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft, 
Facebook and Google are the least diversified. They literally bank on advertising money. So Apple's commitment to privacy is starting to drive a dagger right through their hearts. And I was saying, look, how long before Facebook and Google start to threaten to take all their apps off the App Store? It would be certain death if they did that. But what other bargaining tool are they going to have? I'll tell you what Zuckerberg did do. He threatened to shut Facebook and Instagram down in Europe if they were no longer able to process Europeans' data on U.S. servers. So the EU said, yeah, fine, go ahead, shut it down. (laughs) So Zuckerberg kind of had to back off. Eat shit. Here's the God's honest truth. Social media has seen its heyday. All right, it's not going to go away, but its popularity has kind of run its course, I think. TikTok, like it might be hot right now, and Snapchat, but eventually that stuff's going to die down. Something else is going to come out. And like I've been saying for a year, it can't come soon enough for me. Speaking of social media, Reddit, still the best place to go to find interesting stuff. I don't go on there as often as I used to. But I was on there last week looking for something funny. And someone had posted a video. This dude shot from inside of his tent. He's camping. He woke up, hears some noise outside, opens the flap of his tent. Less than four feet from the entrance of his tent is this big fucking grizzly bear eating berries off the ground. I'm like, who would be senseless enough to pitch a tent in a forest known to have a grizzly bear population, and set up camp right in the middle of a berry grove. And this guy, he's filming this whole thing on his phone. He clearly did not give a damn. If I had a grizzly bear eating four feet from the entrance of my tent, I'd be baking a batch of brownies in my underpants, not filming this thing. Holy crap. Either this guy has nerves of steel, or he's just a big dumb galoot. That's the kind of shit that deters people from backpacking in the mountains. Anyway, as I always do, I I stay away from sports talk radio or these ESPN talk shows when you're leading up to the Super Bowl. It's boring. It's nonstop prognostication. Most of it's full of shit anyway. The game still has to be played, you know? So I'm jonesing for a little bit of football action. I decide I'm going to watch this documentary series on ESPN. Man in the Arena, about Tom Brady. He basically narrates the whole thing. Let me tell you something. You think I curse a lot? You should listen to Brady's potty mouth. I mean, every time he's on screen, talking, it's fuck this and shit that, calls this guy a motherfucker. I mean, it was a lot of cursing. Almost makes me sound like a church mouse. And Brady, he's he's a very studious guy when he's being interviewed for TV. When this thing started out, it said it contained mature language. I had no idea just how mature it was going to get. Good Lord. Hey, I'm sure most of you don't watch golf. I mean, the people who watch golf are usually people who play golf. So you get it. So the Waste Management Phoenix Open starts on Thursday. And I'm only mentioning this because it has the most entertaining if not my favorite hole of any course played on the PGA Tour. It's TPC Scottsdale in Arizona. It's the par 3 16th. 
which is aptly named the Colosseum. It's a relatively short hole. It's about 162 yards, but it's enclosed by a 40,000-seat grandstand, and it is a party. Students from Arizona State always show up, drink a shit ton of beers, and treat the hole like it's spring break. If you hit a poor shot, you've got 40,000 drunken idiots booing you. Hit a good one, the place goes fucking bonkers. In 97, Tiger shot a hole in one there, and the place went batshit for about three minutes. They were throwing stuff into the air, throwing their hats on the course. It's the most electric thing I've ever seen in golf. And then to throw the crowd into an even bigger frenzy, Tiger gets up there, takes his ball out of the cup, chucks it into the crowd. Look this up on, on Google. Uh, Tiger hole-in-one Phoenix should get you there. Video lasts about three minutes. There are shorter versions. Those suck. Watch the three-minute one. Watch the whole thing. You'll never see anything like it again. They used to even have caddy races at that hole. Caddies for each player would race each other from the tee box to the green with the bags on their backs. I guess they stopped doing that years ago. PGA was afraid someone was going to get hurt. Anyway, if you've got nothing going on this weekend, take a few minutes, watch the entertainment going on at 16. So it's February, it's Black History Month, and I don't want to get in a race, but I'm pretty sure you know what's going on right now. We've got two concurrent news items happening right now that kind of have me intrigued. Biden is saying that it's his intention to nominate a black woman for the newly opened Supreme Court justice seat. At the same time, this uh, former Miami Dolphins head coach, uh, Brian Flores, very disgruntled. He's suing the NFL over its lack of minority coaches. He claims that the owner of the Dolphins was pay- was offering him extra to tank games, and that's what attributed to his losing record and eventually got fired. And then ex-Browns coach Hugh Jackson He's now claiming the same thing. And owners of both teams are saying they're both full of crap. So there's only one black head coach currently in the NFL. Actually, wait, two now, I think. Lovey Smith got hired by the Texans this week. But that's not going to last long. Houston is a hot mess. But there's this rule. Just give me some backstory here. It's called the Rooney Rule. And it states that whenever a new coaching position opens up, Teams are required by the league to interview at least one black candidate before making a decision. Now, his contention is that they're following this rule, but NFL owners are racist and have no intention on hiring a black head coach. Now, in my life, I'm staying out of discussions on either of these things because I steer clear of discussions about race or religion or politics as as often as I can. I keep my opinions to myself. I am, however, very intrigued by human behavior. So I find it a little interesting that the same people who are coming out against Biden's uh, Biden's decision to nominate a black Supreme Court justice are the same people that think that Brian Flores is full of shit and that NFL owners should be able to hire whoever they want. I think you should be hired based on merit. That's just me. If you're a fair and balanced judge and qualified, I don't care if you're a Filipino midget. Take a seat. And the same goes with a coach. 
I can't speak for Flores. I can't speak for his ability to coach an NFL team. He might suck, and that's why he can't find another head coaching job. But I do know that there are some very good black head coaches in the NBA. I also know that just because you're a good player, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make a great head coach. That's a management position. I'll use the NBA as an example. Isaiah Thomas, great NBA player. Five years as a head coach. His record was 187 wins, 223 losses. Elgin Baylor was a Laker legend. Three seasons coaching, he went 86-135. Kurt Rambis was a dumpster fire. Three seasons, he went 56-145. and You could be the greatest player of all time. Make more money than God. You know, buy a franchise. But if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to run it, you're going to fail. Ask Michael Jordan how he's doing. So, enough about sports. Let's talk about books. If you ever read a book, then watch the movie that was made from it. Did you end up like analyzing the shit out of it and then hating the movie? I used to visit this website that would show all these movies in production. And then they had a section, the movies that were based on books. And then depending on the actors that had signed on to star in the movie, I would go and I'd read the book before the movie came out so that I knew the story and I could compare how the screenwriter interpreted the story. The shipping news was one. Kevin Spacey, I was a big fan back in the day before he turned out to be a skeeve. The Da Vinci Code was another one. Tom Hanks, and that was a popular book. So I talked last week about how much I disliked Katrina's mom. We didn't get along. I got really lucky in my second marriage. I got a set of in-law parents that truly felt like actual parents to me. A father figure that I could golf with, go fishing with. He was a Vietnam War vet, ex-cop, man material. Well, they were both fans of this author, Lee Child, and turned me on to him. Lee Child writes these books about this fictional character, Jack Reacher, He's a military veteran. He's got a knack for figuring out crimes, like special investigations unit leader, that type of guy. Solid investigator. And the books are really popular. So, of course, Hollywood decides they're going to make a movie from it. Well, they made two movies from it, actually. They tried to start a franchise. Well, the franchise failed for two reasons, I think. And don't get me wrong, I liked the movies. I just don't think it was ever going to work as a franchise with Tom Cruise in it. I mean, they put Tom Cruise in the starring role of Jack Reacher. In the books, Reacher is a, he's a fucking beast. 6'5", 250, shredded like Mr. Olympia. He talks like a man who's got rage running through his veins when he talks at all. Cruise is a short dude with a big mouth, flashy style. It doesn't work. The second and most important reason why the movies really kind of failed is that you cannot condense a three to 400-page book into a 90-minute movie. This is why movies that are based on books aren't the hot ticket anymore. So, getting to this, Amazon just released its first season of Reacher, which is based on the first book, Killing Floor, and it's very close to the book. 
You think about this, eight episodes, 45 minutes apiece. That's plenty of time to tell the story correctly. They casted it just right, perfect amount of action and suspense, and the adapted screenplay is very close to perfect. What's his name? Alan Richson. He plays Reacher. And he's perfect in it. This guy has biceps the size of telephone poles, and his delivery is spot on. Like you want to, you want to get women to watch an action movie or a series, put this guy in it. My friend Sue, she started watching it even before I did. We were talking back and forth last weekend about this. And listen, Sue's an academic, very well read. She can write your pants off. I had no idea she was a fan of the Reacher books. I mean, that seems like pulp fiction to me, but she was a fan of the books. So it was really nice to talk to somebody about it who knows the story. I was just thinking, man, Amazon Studios can just flat out make movies. And between them, Netflix and HBO Max, I mean, we are truly being entertained. And I got to tell you, I'm listening to myself talk this morning and I feel like out of body. And it's been this way since I came back after the first of the year. (laughs) My thoughts are all over the place. So many topics I'm trying to cover, but not really spending time on just one. Just feel like the show's not focused. I forget half the stuff I'm saying. I hope this show's not sucking dick. If it was, I'd hope you'd be kind enough to tell me. Because there's a lot of personal stuff going on that I don't want to, you know, I want to share. It's all good stuff, all right? Nothing bad. Don't worry. I just, I some things I wish to just keep private. So, because I can't really share that stuff, I end up talking about anything else. <laughs> and I don't feel like going over the Russia-Ukraine situation all the time or even talk about this, you know, this Chinese tennis star who had been missing for a long time. Suddenly in the Olympics, she comes out saying it was all a misunderstanding and she's retiring now. You know, I'm like thinking, you know what? If my show isn't sucking dick, China and Putin can suck it together. All right, how's that? But there are a lot of shitty people in the world. I just don't feel like giving any more airtime to these people. I didn't mean what I said about social media, though. It's never going to go fully away. We're too attached to it. But I think the user base for these platforms is eventually just going to kind of collapse. And don't be surprised if you see Instagram turn into a total shit show in the next couple of years. So I was thinking about this. That movie, The Social Network, that gave us a glimpse of the guy who was going to be running the show for for the next 10, 15 years. We need less people like him. I think our society needs more positive leaders. People who actually care about people and making the world better, not worse. You know? Okay, one more thing about the Super Bowl. And then I'll free you from this prison of stupidity. I know I talked about this last year around this time, about the gambling. There are many different ways that that people bet on this game. All right, they'll either do like squares in a pool or they'll make bets on the game where you either you take the favorite and you give the points or you take the underdog and you take the points or you'll do the over under or maybe you'll do what are called prop bets. Now, prop bets are things that the, these gambling addicts like to make to kind of pad their pockets just in case they lose their bet on the game itself. Like which player will score first? What kind of score will happen first? Which quarterback is going to have more passing yards? 
How long will the national anthem last? Shit like that. Last I checked, it's been a couple days since I read it. I don't know if it still applies. There were more prop bets being made in sports books than actual bets on the game itself. That's unreal. Like, what kind of a degenerate piece of shit gambler do you have to be to start betting on innocuous bullshit like that? And the funniest thing about it was that when they start running the stats of how many calls are made to these call centers the week after the game to these, you know, gambling addiction hotlines, people hit rock bottom. And that's when they realize they've got a problem. They say it's equal to the number of people who call into alcohol addiction hotlines the week after New Year's Eve. Like the Super Bowl is to gambling or gambling addicts what New Year's Eve is to alcoholics. I'll be honest with you. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. Addiction is addiction. If you've got an addictive personality, you can be addicted to anything. And this is another reason why I don't like watching the Super Bowl in crowds. The more these dumb shits start losing, the more they start drinking. And by the time the game's over, you've got a drunken asshole with empty pockets, in a foul mood, you pray to God he's not driving home, and you really pray to God that his wife doesn't get on his back for losing their money and then acting like a drunken douchebag in public. Because then you start seeing, you know, phone calls to domestic violence hotlines go up. And that used to be a big myth, that there were more domestic violence calls on Super Bowl Sunday than any other day. But they since proved that false. But you know it happens. It happens. I mean, I'm all for guy shit, masculinity, rah-rah, gung-ho, whatever. I relish in being a man. But this shit is toxic. And I don't tolerate it. That's not being a man at all. I've seen it get heated between a dude and his wife or his girlfriend after the game's over. I always pray to God it doesn't go south. So there, left you on a happy note there, didn't I? Enjoy the game this weekend. Check out the action at 16 at the Waste Management Open, if you can. Enjoy your week, enjoy your weekend, and thanks for taking the time to listen to the show once again. Until next time, my name is Phil. And this has been Inane. Cheers. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history, the First Amendment and boobs.